But none of these things deter me. Nor do I count my life of value to myself, so that I may joyfully finish my course in the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. My name is Kevin Kane. I'm the outreach pastor here. And this is one of my favorite verses because it challenges me. It challenges me deeply. I so want to, to live up to Paul's uh, direction here, to Paul's goal here, to count my life, uh, not to count uh, my life of value to myself. Later on, Paul refers to these things that deter me, the things I'm involved in, the things in my background as rubbish so that I might pour out my life as a drink offering to serve our great God, to testify to the gospel of God's grace. You know, Paul had a real passion for serving Jesus and he lived out his life uh, going through persecution, going through all sorts of things just to get the gospel out and when we're passionate about something, we do set things aside. I'll let you in on a secret. I am passionate about my wife. I won't go into too much detail here, but just know that I really adore my wife. And it takes uh, sometimes setting aside my goals and desires to lift her up. And that marriage thing, uh, those of you who are married know there's that real wrestling. How do I set myself aside uh, for my spouse? So we see that when we're passionate about something and wanting things to move forward, we have to step back a little bit with our own, some of our own dreams. Right now, we just started the Olympics. I miss the opening ceremonies, fortunately. Uh, but here, you have a large group of people who have set aside a whole lot of things in their lives, so work and relationships and family in order to pursue an Olympic dream. How much more for those of us who know and love Jesus? We have God sending his son here and uh, living a sinless life and dying for us so we can reestablish that relationship with God and Jesus rose again and that's worth singing about and crying about and uh, it, it's worth living for and it's something worth counting our, our own value of our life as nothing in order that he may be lifted up. So we'll be talking about that a little bit today and that, that key word testify. Well today uh, we've been walking through the book of John how many of you have appreciated going through the book of John so far? A few of you, not too many, I'll tell Greg. No, I have really enjoyed it. I've just been fascinated with the personalities, the people, and what God is getting across. I'll be looking at kind of a key theme in the first four chapters of John this morning. And really at this, the word testify is the same root word as witness, and so maybe you'll remember that word coming up in John, so we'll be looking at that. But after I finish speaking, don't leave. We're going to bring our Indonesia team up. It's going to be the last time they're going to be able to speak to you from the platform. And at the end of August, they'll be heading long-term to Indonesia, a year of learning the language, and then focusing on a people group so that they might testify to the gospel of God's grace. Well, this, this word testify or witness 
has some legal or judicial uh, aspects to it. When at Christ's trial, they brought witnesses. Some of them were false witnesses. But what, what is a witness? What makes a false witness? And witness is just providing knowledge, telling about it accurately. So there's this definition of this term. And witness is used throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, prophets bore witness, told about God and sometimes his judgments. We've seen in the book of John so far, John the Baptist came as a witness to Jesus. Jesus came as a witness to God the Father. And Jesus' role demands a response from each and every one of us. And also, as I mentioned, we'll be praying for together as our church, Olive Branch, is sending out uh, this group of three to Indonesia to be his witnesses where there aren't other witnesses. Well, there's four aspects to being a witness. And the first one is simply more of a character issue, the humility of the witness. We'll just look at some of the verses early on in the book of John, uh, where they talked about John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. So it, it wasn't about John the Baptist. It was about Jesus. And even the next verse, John 1, 8, he, John the Baptist, was not the light. He came to bear witness about the light. It wasn't about him. I don't know about you, but I get a little frustrated in life when things aren't about me. And uh, so that's part of things that hinder my marriage when I want it to be about me. And it hinders my relationship with God when I think it should be all about me. It is not. It's all about him and how we bring him glory and testify or, or witness to that. And also Brent, when he was walking through John 3, here's what John the Baptist said, he, Christ, must increase and I must decrease. How many times do you hear people say that? I want to lift up this person and I want to just step into the, the, out of the limelight and step back. It's tough because it takes real humility. I think, you know, it takes also this submission. And I think people who have been in the military understand this submission. You work in a role to a, a greater cause. You have leadership. How many of you have served in the military? Please raise your hand. Thank you for doing that. Uh, you understand to a greater way what it means to, to serve. And it's, it's focused in. There's this great duty. By the way, out in the courtyard after this, a young man, Matt Thomas, wants to start a, a ministry to the military, and it can only be filled by those who have stepped in and served in that role. So if you want to see Matt, there's uh, brochures out at the outreach table. But to connect with people before they head overseas and mentor them, and according to Matt, help them not to make some of the student, stupid mistakes that he made. So submitting and, and uh, humbling yourself. So there's part of that to the Christian life, but that's where we really need to be careful. Well, more specifically, that's where I need to be careful. You know, Christianity can become a duty. We can, okay, I went to church and I learned that Christ died for me, so he was good, therefore I'm supposed to be good. 
So I'm going to try to do these good things. And, and Jesus went and spoke and did these things, so I have to go do these things. And it become this overwhelming obedience out of a mandated response. And Christianity is not like that. Christianity is about a relationship with God, a love relationship with God. And my wife can spot it if I serve her out of duty rather than out of a response out of love. And I need to remember that in my marriage, and I need to remember that in my service to God. It's not about me. It's submitting to his glory and doing what I can to lift him up. Not about duty, but out of love, out of a passion for him. It's been really cool to see these three headed to Indonesia set aside pieces of their life, their own desires, their own personal dreams, and say, you know what, Olive Branch is really behind us. I'm going to step forward and serve in this difficult way. So good for to me to see these young people doing that and the reminder that it's about God's glory and that relationship with him. So that's more the character aspect of witness, but there's also a role of the witness and this isn't too hard to spot here as you look through these verses. Again, we're just continuing through the book of John. Uh, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. So what does it mean when it says bore witness about him? Well, it means he spoke. He verbally communicated this. People wouldn't have known this without him sharing this. We see this in John 1.32. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. John is testifying, bear witness, telling people, you know what, I just made a colossal mistake. You know, we, we talk about uh, Scripture being this relationship with God and I just read this Scripture like it's a bunch of words. Okay, John the Baptist is testifying. Okay, I saw the Spirit descending from the heaven like a dove and it remained on him. And the next verse, I can just rotely go, I've seen and bore witness that this is the Son of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we guarantee that is not how John the Baptist said this. He'd been living his life in the wilderness, talking to people, asking them to repent. And then Jesus came. And he said, I have seen and bore witness this. I've been talking about a wake up. God has been talking for years about sending a savior. And here he is. This is the son of God. I can't imagine him saying, I have borne witness that this is the son of God. I can imagine me stepping up here and speaking like that. I can't imagine John the Baptist living for that, have that passion. I want to have that passion. I encourage you all to pursue that in your relationship with God. But it mandates that we, that we speak, that we share. To bear witness means to talk. We need to live it out and we need to do good things. But as Greg shared yet last week, we need to be speaking. Why? Because we have this beautiful story of the gospel. And you know what? Every one of us has things we love to speak about. Whether it's our hobby, whether it's our sports team, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our kids. Oh, I just pray that I would be as excited and talk about Jesus as much as I talk and brag about other things. 
But I find sometimes in my life, and I'm guessing some of you do as well, you find complacency seeping in. Again, you can find that in your marriage, and it's not healthy. It takes some work and waking up, and for me, realizing that I married up, and I am a blessed man, and may I not be complacent about that. And then the same way in our love relationship with God, may it not become a duty. May it be something that we are just, as Scripture says, remembering the joy of our salvation. Now, as I speak uh, as outreach pastor, I'm encouraging people to go out and share. And some people say, well, I don't, I don't have any friends who aren't following Christ. If that's true, then we are failing as a church. We are failing as leadership of the church. We need to be going out and sharing that with people who don't know. As I talk with people in our small group, every one of us is hurting. We have problems and issues. What more people who don't have a relationship with their Heavenly Father? People are hurting all around us. We need to be aware of that in developing those relationships. And some people say, well, Kevin, I, I don't know how to bring about spiritual conversations. I can't just walk in to a meeting or the group of people and say, I follow Jesus. He's the son of God. That would be a little bit awkward. Well, as Stephen spoke a few weeks ago, it's okay occasionally to have awkward conversations if something is that important. But if you want to learn, how do I really engage? How do I develop spiritual conversations I'm here to help you. We have a class called Launchpad. It starts on September 18. It is a way to learn how do I ask questions? How do I engage people? How do I get my non-Christian friends talking about what really uh, keeps them going? What is their purpose in life? Then how do I bring the gospel into that? If you haven't taken that class, pull out the little orange card in front of you, write your name, your contact info, and put Launchpad and we'll get you some tools. It's a 10-week, 11-week class. It takes some reading, but it's all about learning to connect with people. Now, the, the, the tagline, it's called Launchpad, How to Talk to an Atheist. Now, people have said, Kevin, that's a lousy title. And my response is, I know. Help me find a different one. But others have said, you know, that the title is kind of demeaning to atheists. And for that, I want to apologize. I meant it to be demeaning to Christians. That we, as owners of the truth, don't know how to talk to people who think differently, who feel differently. My, the atheists I know, they say, Kevin, I don't like talking to Christians because they tell me they have the answer and I haven't even been able to ask the question yet. Christians don't know often how to engage. Take the launch pad class. Learn how to engage and start those spiritual conversations. Some of you have taken launch pad and say, you know, there's other things. They ask me questions. I want to go a little deeper. How do I defend my faith? Well, we're going to start a launch pad 2 class on September 11th. So while you have that orange card in your hand, if you didn't put launch pad, put launch pad 2, your contact info, Drop those in the slot in the back. And let us help you develop those tools so you can be a better witness for Jesus Christ. All right, so we have the character of the witness, humility. The role is to speak out. And, and here's the result, and it's not always great. 
John 3.11, as as Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you, you don't receive our testimony. You bear witness of me that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. John the Baptist is saying people don't believe me that I'm not the Christ. What's the result of the witness? People don't hear. People don't understand. And there's rejection. You know, in my role in sharing the gospel, I think my dating life prepared me for the kind of rejection I get when I bring up the gospel. But God uses those things for us. Um, He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives Christ's testimony. Uh, You know, there was just lots of rejection, lots of problems. My brother in Atlanta, about a year ago, lost his job. So he started looking for other jobs, and he applied, and they didn't want him. Rejection. You know what he did? He sobbed and sat around for another year. No, he didn't. I'm just kidding. If you don't get a job, he says, I have the family to provide for. So he started applying for another one, another one, another one, doing research. And he probably looked at over 100 different organizations and applied all over. He's now working. He's okay. Family is fed. But the point is, just because the result was rejection or people didn't want him, he didn't stop. And for all of us, as our role as ambassadors for Christ, as witnesses, I hate it when people don't choose to follow Christ when I'm talking to them. But that doesn't stop me. Because there's this great story of this great, big, awesome God of the world, of the universe, that wants to have a relationship with each of us. And I cannot stop talking about that. Uh, Coming up at the end of August is the Harvest Crusade. Inside your little folder, your program, is an invitation to give to somebody, to invite them to the Harvest Crusade. Because as I teach, as I interact with people and help them start spiritual conversations, we have some people who can really speak well about Christ. But nobody here does it as well as Greg Laurie. He's just really gifted. He's really good. So as you're making relationship with people, Invite them to to this harvest crusade. There are more invitations out at the outreach table. Take some. Hand them out to neighbors. Use it as a time to go out with them and attend and, and continue to develop that relationship. But it's just another opportunity where you can use to start those spiritual uh, conversations with them. You know, in Acts, uh, the disciples didn't always get good conversations. They said, we can't stop talking about it. And they were whipped in Acts 4. And they said, wow, isn't this cool? We suffered persecution for the name of God. We need to go tell somebody else about this great story of Jesus Christ. So we have this character of humility. We have this role of speaking. The result is it's not always accepted and Because of the character of our humility, when it's not accepted, it doesn't really, doesn't point to us. We want to keep on moving forward. The last one is the destiny of the witness. And the verse, especially talking today, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. 
we're sending a team to the ends of the earth, not because we're done reaching Corona and the Temesco Valley, but because the needs are great among the ends of the earth. And they're going to a place in Indonesia where there's nobody reaching this group. And because of cultural differences, the, the cultural groups nearby can't or won't share with them. So we're sending his team at a cost. But somebody has to witness to testify uh, to the glory of God's grace. So we're sending them out. Now here's, here's where it gets a little bit more somber. All of us who follow Christ are his witness. He has chosen each of us, not the outreach pastor, each of us to go out and connect with a hurting world. In the next little bit, do you know the Greek root word for witness? It's, it's martyr. To witness, to give up of yourself. It's, it's martyr. Now, in the New Testament, we talk about a martyr as a witness who has died serving Christ, about speaking. But it's all of us stepping forward. Now, Kevin, the people say, Kevin, you're a little weird bringing this up as we're sending a team to Indonesia to talk about martyrdom. Um, I'm summarizing the first four chapters of John. And it's not just for the Indonesia team. When every one of us came to Christ, those of you who have chosen to follow him, you said, I am dying to myself. I am denying myself and taking up my cross and following him. We have already made that statement once. We need to remind ourselves, I exist for him in his glory. It is not about me. It is about me testifying to the goodness of God's grace. Now, if I asked how many want to be a martyr, I don't think I'd have too many hands waving in the air. But it, it's all about who we are as Christians. And if you're not a follower of Christ, let me help you understand, do not take following Christ lightly. It is not a little decision. It is dying to yourself and saying, here I am, God. Use me as your witness in the best way possible. And it's because these three have stated that, that we're sending them to Indonesia. Because that is where the need is. So what is your role? What, what do all of us do? Well, to speak, to learn. I've mentioned the, the little orange card in front of you. There's places in the back. Don't delay. Some people say, oh, I meant to take the launch pad class or I meant to do this. Write down your name and contact information and whether it's a military uh, ministry or maybe you're struggling inviting your neighborhood to harvest. Talk to me. Let me help you. Let me encourage you. Let me pray for you. At the end of the after the commissioning at the end of the service, we'll have a prayer team up here. Please avail yourself to that. Have, use each other. Have them pray for you and help you in the process. But one thing I've mentioned, and as we learn to be better witnesses, don't make it a task. Make it something where it's something out of your heart. My prayer is that each of us falls more and more in love with Jesus so that this story, this witness just oozes from us as we connect with those around us who are hurting, who don't know the Savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you.
for loving us, allowing us this time here uh, just to, to review the, the book of John, to look at all the things that have happened in there and how often you have taken this great big story of who you are and your glory and you've left it for us. Those of us who get tongue-tied so often when talking about you or the gospel. God, remind us that it's not about us and whether we get embarrassed or whether we can't ask a, answer a question, but it's about you and your glory. Do what it takes, Lord, to help us to fall more and more in love with you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.